Another round? <laughs> Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hole at the Waterhole A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's Nursery for a stroll It's time to neighbors CJK Let's get the neighbors Oh my god What are you patrolling? <laughs> We're not in lockdown yet guys <laughs> Why are there helicopters? <laughs> Everything's legit. I'm thinking maybe it's um, Officer whatever his name is. What was that guy? What's that guy's name? What was, was it? Daniel. Officer Dan. Okay. Hello. This is Neighbours. We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast. We analyze episodes of the Australian just beloved classic soap opera Neighbours that have gone to air that have just aired in the world, and that's what we've done mm-hmm. since the dawn of time. Since probably seven years, I think. And Nothing 20- can stop us. No, not, no, don't not, stop me now. Um, it does feel like someone's played with the roster slash scheduling. <laughs> That's uh, what's hello. happened. That's what's happened at 10 Peach, which yeah. Kate now thinks is run by bots. Well, maybe it's run by Harlow. Harlow has changed the Excel spreadsheet that mm-hmm. says what episodes air in which country. So, back it up. Mobile Pirate.net Studios. We are on the road. We're in car pod style. Classic. So, okay, God. I'm there. Uh, I have CJ, the hot mess mum. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hope you enjoyed our bonus episode where we went through Citizen and Citizens of 2021. That was a hoot. Thanks to everyone who contributed. You're welcome to send us a voice memo anytime. Neighbourspod at gmail.com. Let's kick into some Neighbours Council business. Sweetie, it's just business. Few things to get through. First and foremost, we recap Neighbours episodes at broadcast pace, which at the moment brings us into UK pace because they are now airing five episodes a week and 10 Peach, the sister station of 10, has dropped dropped back down to four episodes, which was a dream because we thought, well, we'll catch up to our friends in the UK. And we did. And then they were like, now nah, we'll just keep it at four. You can enjoy 11 episodes of Friends on Fridays. Mm. So Australia is going to lag behind. Yeah. So basically our podcast is up to the minute. Mm-hmm. So whichever is the freshest Neighbours episodes, they're the ones that we are aware of. This is how we're consuming them. We have so many, so many good friends in the UK from doing this podcast and from, you know, knowing international people. Yeah. We have been on the blower with our friends and they have described in very great detail the episodes that have not aired here, which in this case is Friday's episode from the week commencing January 3rd, 2022. So if you're watching at Australia Pace or like Denmark Pace or whatever, just spoiler alert, we're at the latest. Yeah, and we'll put it in the titles as I did previously with the UK lagging behind. It it made me become the maths lady meme, but I will get there and I will put in the titles of the podcast episodes when you can listen, whatever. We'll get there. The other thing is, obviously, the Omicron variant of COVID has uh, made the world eat itself. So we are, who knows, hope everyone's doing okay. Massive shout out to friend of the pod, Legal Eagle Beck, who's just come down with COVID. Just wishing her well. She just had her booster though, so he's hoping it's not the worst bout. That's good. Um, this current wave in Melbourne is all young, cool people that went out on New Year's. So that that's that's what this is saying about Beck. <laughs> and Beck did travel interstate, so she did have a lovely holiday, but which is her home. She went home, yeah. So she did get to see loved ones, which is good. Yeah. 
She's just paying the price. She's paying the price. Um, Look, we'll get through it. I don't know how. We'll just, we'll keep podding. Must keep podding. The other important item of business is, this may not happen. So who knows? But we are slated to attend, as a podcast, the opening night of Jagged Little Pill the Musical. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) And I hate musicals, but there's two reasons why I want to see this. Firstly, it's the Alanis Morissette musical. Yeah, it's all Alanis songs back to back. Excellent. And who is the main character? It is uh, Izzy Hoyland herself, Natalie Bassingthwaite. Excellent. She took a day off Charlie's. Yes. And slash sneaking into sperm banks or whatever she was doing. (laughs) She was good, wasn't she? Oh, Love or hate her, she was a valuable part of Neighbours yeah. canon. So, jaggedmusical.com, all the details are there. It opens, it's due to open this month. So, jump on. Look, grab your tickets anyway. Support the arts because you'll get refunded or, you, or it'll get moved. So, either way, just do it. And not only music and lyrics by Alanis Morissette, CJ, uh, the book is by Diablo Cody. Oh, my God. Yes. Diablo. Oh. Who wrote Juno? Yes, and um, that excellent show with Tony Collette in it. Yes. Feels like a lifetime ago. Mm, we will keep you posted. We'll cross the jagged bridge if the universe allows us to. Hopefully next week, if not, at some point. Because you're doing business with you. Let's just do it. January 3, new year. New year, new me. Same pod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> same show. Actually, it is a new pod every week. It's a different permutation of yeah. circumstances. Um, now, it's been such a long week in our lives. Mm. I forgot that this was like cliffhanger week. Yeah, literal balcony hanger, yeah. rooftop pool hanger, one witch's hat of um, workplace safety yeah. to warn people not to go out on the rooftop pool. And I just rewatched that scene myself. So last time we potted, we did our special episode, Therese was hanging off oh, a balcony. With one, like grabbing onto one metal bar. Yeah. There's been some mentions in the council, and I vehemently agree, the upper body strength Mm. of that woman. I was, um, look, I imagine Tarej and I were both young Greek women on the monkey bars as children. Mm. Look, struggling. It was was a petite woman's game, the monkey bar. It was tough. So she must be doing some kind of... I don't know if she's getting down to the shed, but maybe she's doing some YouTube to workout tutorials. Uh, well, I don't know. She's lifting her arm up with the drinking. And th- oh, that must be no, it. no. That hip flask is very slender. Yes, and she's just having like wines. Like it's not like she's having like Garana something. <laughs> um, maybe she's supplementing. I rewatched it and Therese wandering around that balcony, drunk, having a go at Harlow. Hot mess to raise. Is there a more perfect coupling of dialogue than Harlow going, Oh, whatever, to raise, you're drunk. And her going, Yeah, well, you're meddling. <laughs> Which is conceivably worse. And I guess it is. Yeah. You're drunk. Yeah, and you're meddling. You're crazy. You need to sober up and get off that roof. What happened to you, Harlow? Let me live my life, little mole. She's like, get out. Like, I don't give it, I don't care what you think of me. <laughs> and Harlow's like, just sort yourself out, sober up and get yourself off the roof. And then leaves. I'm like, okay, leave an inebriated person to deal with that. And Paul and whatever his name is. Glenn. Glenn. I was going to call him Gary, but that's someone oh, else. No, we don't speak of Gary's anymore. We don't. Um, or, um, 
or Pistori Josh's. Josh's cancelled too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, that's a pity. Yeah. So Paul sees Therese hanging mm. and he runs up and he says to Harlow on the way out, Therese is on the roof and she goes, oh, no. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like, of course she doesn't know she's hanging. It's so fun. Yeah. It's fun and she's just wandered off because she's, she's seen the paperwork has blown off into the wind from John Wong. She's got to find out about um old mate's parking fines. Glenn, yeah, the dossier has – one page is missing and then Glenn digs it up and you – there's some lawsuit that he's trying to keep from everyone. And Harlow, yeah, rings up John and she's like, what does the missing page say? And Glenn gets in John's ear. I don't know what Kate's got to say about John's reputation here. Uh, well, I just think, can't John ring and go, oh, he's not really Robinson? Or like, whatever it, whatever it is. Like, can't she just, can't John just give her the cliff notes on the on the phone of like what the big deal is? Instead of... Well, he's going to send her the file and it's going to take forever. Like, we still don't know what it is. Well, because Glenn got in his ear and said you had to make something up. So, that's why he went with parking fines. Oh, okay. Oh, but, we still, but we don't know what it is. You're right. Yeah. I just feel like he could have emailed that over, like, straight away. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he, doesn't, he doesn't like electronic correspondence. He True. wants it all face-to-face. Wonderful scenes on Monday with Paul gathering up to rage. They bring her home. It's all out in the open that she has her alcoholism has resurfaced and everyone rallies. The street rally, except for Harlow, the street rallies around her beautifully. Mainly the women. Oh, yeah. 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 Although Tony puts in, in a good day. Like he yeah. call, puts an RDO on the books and puts his kids in care and goes over. I mean... Toadie's keen on the RDO. Um, <laughs> it was probably already in, on the agenda. Yeah, he's he's. I, I used to have a boss that used to call it um like January shorts month. <laughs> he was in shorts too, Toadie. Yeah. You don't have to wear real pants. It's not it's not real work. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You might go in, but um, <laughs> yeah. So they all rally around her. You know, there's these lovely slash sad scenes of April and. Someone else pouring the alcohol down the sink. Oh, yeah. Good. Chloe and Roxy. Yeah. Beautiful. And and then the four of them, like Susan's there and everyone's around her. Glenn does his regular pop-ins. And his pop-ins aren't as annoying as Toadie. No. But Toadie's there for Sonia. Oh. Knife through my heart, CJ. My God. I didn't even think of that angle. Jesus. He was like, you know, like if my wife was still alive, oh, she'd be here. I'm going to cry. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <sighs> Therese shouldn't have been so sassy to him then. That's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, let me alone, mate. I want to play cards with Glenn. I've got alcohol coming through Uber <laughs> Okay, let's jump to that moment. Yeah. The end of the week. Far out. That was good. So, Jimmy, because I said to um, – she sent everyone home. She said, Glenn, I'm fine. I'll ring people if I need them. The girls tipped out all the alcohol. There's nothing here. And then I yelled out at the TV – well, it's a pity no one can – there's no one that brings alcohol, yeah. like anyone called Jimmy that brings alcohol. <laughs> and then the next next minute, knock, knock at the door. I've got an order for Therese. <laughs> Here's all her booze. <laughs> it's like a paper bag with a wine bottle in it. Which, by the way, Therese, uh, you can select leave at door. You can select contactless delivery. Yeah, and I think she should move to hard alcohol, get a little more bang for a buck. Yeah, if you're going to pay the four ninety nine. Delivery fee. Yeah, go to vodka. <laughs> Get a Bailey's on ice. Just treat yourself. Um, and then Glenn sees. And then on the other end of the door, other side of the door, Paul, who's trying to keep his distance, and we'll get to him, sees the paper bag arrive. 
By the way, the, the bottle was sticking out of the bag, but Paul th- sort of thought it was takeaway with all the trimmings and that she was having a nice little dinner with Glenn, which I'm all for. I want them to make out. Don't care. Don't Do care you? what Glenn's agenda is. I'm a fan. Paul's giving her space. Paul. Is another thing that's important. Because what happened in that moment, CJ, that shifted his, his attitude of her dangling off the balcony? He realised that she needs help and that he's just not the person to give it. And what, what I found incredible on the Friday episode, such a shame that, um, from what I hear, that Aussies can't get on board with that one this week because beautiful storytelling because we have Paul seeing the light and it hit him seeing as well, finding out that Glenn's an alcoholic, which we'll get to, Glenn's an alcoholic and to rage and he just realised, oh my goodness, the brother that, I, that ran out on me 30 years ago and my ex-wife who just left me. They're both struggling so much. They've turned to the drink and it's kind of all on me. Mm. And he's right. I haven't changed in 30 years. And I was like, whoa, yes. I now realise just how much damage I've done. It's not the first time your chickens have come home to roost though, is it? I know there have been times when I haven't particularly enjoyed looking at myself in the mirror because of something I'd done. But this time, it's different. Why? Because it's not just Teray, it's Glenn. I made a lot of mistakes with him too. And he's, he seems resigned to realising he can't just fix that. Yeah. He's never really wanted – well, he thinks that he can just throw money at something or just bully his way into a situation. Yeah, and I think the thing is is that normally he throws money or, you know, he just gets a new set of children. <laughs> I was going to say, or jewellery. Yeah. yeah. Um, children or jewellery. And he's not going to be able to do that this time. And he knows that. Mm. So I think he's willing to play the long game and – just be better. Yeah. Which, I mean, you've been asking him for seven years. Basically, everything I've ever asked for, he seemed to say mm. all at once. And it was wonderful that Sheila brought it out of him. Like, he he wandered over to the pub and she was locking up. And she's like, I'm a bartender. No, she called herself a wench. A bar wench. <laughs> and I loved it. But that scene, I felt like it was written for us. Yeah. Like, thank you, writers. Um, because we love... We love money bags and shields and getting together. Also just a more toned down version of Sheila lately, just not flying off the handle at Lord knows what. But just No, no. She's about to be the family member that's on side of her children yeah, instead of great. pushing them apart or whatever. So he opens up to Sheila about all of this. And he's walking through and he sees her and he's like, I'm going to talk to Sheila because she basically never lets me get away with stuff and she gives me good advice. True. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. One other thing I need yeah. to point out yeah, yeah, yeah. is we sh- need to commend Teresa's upper body strength, but also the disabled man that pulled her off the yeah, off I mean, the, off the ledge. Yeah, well Beautiful. done. And I love that he's able to realise that physically he could save her, but not emotionally. And that basically what I was yelling at the end of last year was she's telling you to leave her alone. Mm. So why don't you give that a crack if you say you'll do anything? And he's like, well, I better leave her alone then. Yeah, and he mentions at one point when he sees Therese and Glenn talking that she needs help and if he's the one that gives it to her, then that's good. Oh. Jesus. I mean, what happened to him over know. the break? My partner KB walked in the room and was like, oh, Paul's having a non-evil phase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes me concerned for his bank account because normally yeah, this coincides true. with that. But he's lost more than money this time. Mm. So Harlow is obviously suspicious of Glenn for whatever reason. Don't care. Like she, I don't, whatever. She 
every time he's around, she scowls at him and she's preoccupied with all of this. But Granddad gives her a dressing down, rips through her. Oh, there's a beautiful puppy. Look at it, CJ. Oh, my God, it's beautiful. Or is it a golden retriever? Yeah. It's a puppy. Okay. So, rips through her. Um, how dare you, like, leave her on the roof in that state? She's And she was like, well, she brought it on herself. He calls her reprehensible. Yeah. She brought it on herself. It's an addiction. And then she finds out, she follows Glenn, follows into an AA meeting, mm. sings like a canary. So not only to the family. I mean, it's Alcohol's Anonymous, mm. Harlow. I mean, actually, it's everything's anonymous at that joint. So, yeah, true. yeah. And his employer. She goes and tells his employer. Leo at the winery. That's wrong as hell. Awful. And straight away, he's like, well, I'm in charge of... I can manage my condition and I'm entitled to work. And I loved Leo's response. He's like, well, okay, let's leave that aside, Harlow. Is he okay? Like, is everyone yeah. okay? Can we just find out if everyone's all right here? What's happened to the Robinson men? They're all <laughs> reasonable. Yeah. Um, and so he does wonder if he's doing the right thing by Glenn by employing him in mm. an alcohol venue. Um, which I, I think it's it's reasonable to wonder. But Paul says there was a terrible whole moment where he says your alcoholism might be a, an opportunity <laughs> <laughs> for what well he just says it like that and what he meant was this is an opportunity for me to get to know you more you know like you're vulnerable and Let, I, I would like to you know help you yeah, or let's whatever. unpack it let's unpack it I'd, yeah i'd like you to tell me more about my wife which basically. which by the way did you enjoy that he th- he shouted out his one counseling session oh yeah but he feels very bad about it because it went bad <laughs> it's like i tried <laughs> um so Harlow, he, he screams at her. He's like, well, you can't just leave an addict who's relapsed on a roof and then blame everything on them. Yeah, a roof that doesn't have a proper balcony. And so we're floating our psychopath theory. But instead, so David's like, all right, maybe there's some something truth to this. I better have some sessions with, some one-on-ones with Harlow. And he puts it down to what he decides is compassion fatigue. All right, I'll bite. What's up? In your case, the emotional exhaustion of dealing with everything has diminished your ability to feel compassion for others. That's a neat box to put me in, isn't it? Now, when I worked at the suicide prevention charity, this term came up a lot. Oh, really? Yes. I did see on another neighbour's group that a psychiatrist mentioned that it's not real. So I'm not really sure if it's real, but I thought that essentially um, it's something that's happening to a lot of people now. So I kind of enjoyed them calling it out. Yeah. And something doesn't have to be like a clinical diagnosis or condition Mm. for it to be real. Like it can still be, like I think there's issues around chronic fatigue syndrome and people struggling to define that Mm. exactly. So I think there are grey areas. Yeah, lots of things. So the idea is that um, people who are in caring professions – um, which Harlow is not, let's call that out, um, eventually have to provide so much compassion that they become fatigued. Mm. And right now, because our 24-7 news cycle is calling that from us, it makes sense that somebody who's been traumatised like Harlow would feel like that. So from where she's standing, his David's theory was that because she's seen so much trauma in her life, mm. particularly recently, she doesn't have sympathy for other people's trauma right now? Yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of true because, like, I had, like, a friend that needed me a lot and he he had drug issues and 
a lot of issues and for years afterwards when I would when a friend would open up with an issue I'd just go oh that's no good and then just like leave right because I just didn't want to be yeah. part of it yeah you know like so I kind of think it's quite possible mm. that essentially every time there's an issue in the world she is triggered mm. and backs off I just saw two galas oh there's Dal and Dal Dal too we did learn that Dal came to a Oh, Bad end, remember? Maybe it's Dahl's babies. <laughs> Might be, yeah. So I, I enjoy enjoy compassion fatigue. I'm glad it's in our lives. Harlow shrugs it off. Chloe especially, like, scoffs at it. A few people like, compassion fatigue. Um, why don't you try psychopath? <laughs> They're like, when was she compassionate? <laughs> yeah. Let's find that one time. Yeah. I don't think she's tired of it because... <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah. I'm confused. I'm like, okay, was she compassionate? Did she have to be compassionate to herself through her trauma? When yeah, her, when her mum died and whatever. I think David's right because later in the week, David says, "How about we get you properly diagnosed?" Mm, great idea, I don't David. Know anything. Great idea. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that is a good idea, and and get some actual care because it does seem as though she's had very little treatment for trauma. And it was funny that she just grabbed onto that label and was like, "Oh yeah, it's because of my compassion fatigue that I don't care about you." And oh wow, you. I've got compassion fatigue. <laughs> I can't do the accent as good as you, but like... I can't do it on purpose. It has to just come out yeah, it's accidentally. Just, yeah, it's it's uncomfortable. I think it's great that they touched on that term because I think that there would be a lot of people watching the show whose therapist, psychologist, counsellor has mentioned this mm. to them. So it'll make them feel a bit seen. Yes. But I do think Harlow is perhaps more of a see you next Tuesday. <laughs> Which is definitely not a clinical condition, but a no. lot of people can be that. No, but watch out. David will probably be diagnosing people with that soon. <laughs> it's like, oh, I just went to Dr. Knacker and, wow, his, his bedside manners is just really cutting to the chase these days. <laughs> so, a uh, little bit of an interlude has happened. Uh, CJ had to run some errands. So, this is a few hours later. We're now in my backyard amongst the local fauna. Is it fauna? I don't, you know what? I don't really know what those two words mean. <laughs> Flora is plants and anim- plants and flowers. But what's an insect? Fauna, animals. Anyway, what? this is not nature, nature buzz, <laughs> especially when Kate's not here. But there's literal bugs falling from the sky. I, look, I, I couldn't tell if it was a cricket. Actually, the cat's eyeing it off. The cat's having a great time. We're in my courtyard at Parknet HQ. So if you do have your own errands right now, like this is a good moment to pause the pod and come back to us in a couple of hours to just recapture the vibe of recording. <laughs> yeah. We covered off the Robinson, most of the Robinson branches, except I do want to touch on Leo, but I was going to pause Patreon in January and then I forgot and then it happened. So let's do a little Patreon aside mm-hmm. for what's going on at the winery. So I'll cut out what we're about to say, but this will be Patreon only chat. Patreon.com slash NeighboursPod. So leave the winery. Um, it's cute to have both babies, both Abigail and Isla around the cul-de-sac, even though they've been yeah. actor swapped. <laughs> it, yeah, I know. And we've had comments all over the internet about Abigail's hair. Oh, have we? Oh, that? Is, it, is it doing a cute little spiky spike? Yeah, it's got like something about Mary vibes. Oh, yeah, cute. Yeah, yeah, very cute. I love. I used to do baby Dr. Carl's hair like that on purpose. Coming out of the bath, I would brush it back 
and then in the morning he would wake up with a little spike. Yeah. And it was adorable. It's so cute. So, yeah, she's – I mean, both of the um, baby actors, all of the baby actors being involved have been adorable. Yeah. But it is nice because it's kind of like old days, like where there'd be more than one kid. One, yes. More than one woman, you know, like – Yeah, like yeah. a society. Yeah. Like a community. Yeah. Like more than one mum. A perfect blend, <laughs> yeah, if you will. A perfect blend. So Brittany's back. Now she's she has a little powwow with Paul. Oh, yeah. She's like, sorry, things were weird. I'm sorry things were weird and how you took my baby and, you know, what's her face sold it to you. And then I took it back because <sighs> it was my baby. That is weird, isn't it? <laughs> but now I'm in your penthouse. So... <laughs> And Paul says, others, it doesn't matter. Like, we're just family. And it's just, it's another reminder that, like, Paul, Paul is really good with new family members. True. He's well-versed in embracing them. Also, I guess there's no, we haven't had New Year, quote-unquote, yet. Like, it's still in that non-event week between Christmas and New Year because Hmm. I was about to say, it's a new year, it's a fresh start, but it hasn't even got to that point. But they haven't talked about. It. Do you no. think they w- they won't? What do you think I will think, happen? Because we haven't had a break for a few years, right? Yeah, I think it'll just be a nebulous. It'll just ooze into January without referring to it. I right, think it'll just happen. Like it'll be a weekend, and suddenly, all right, it's January fifth or whatever it is. Okay, and of course, old mate Mick's back. Oh yes, Joel, old Michelle, Joel Creasy, Australian comedian. And radio personality, he is has been hired by Coil to plan the Kyle and Roxy wedding extravaganza. And what do you think? And I think I dead named him by calling him Mick then, but I think he, he is calling himself Mick He's again. He's calling himself Mick. He, he changed his name to Michelle, which is still a man's name, like M-I-C-H-E-L. Like Mich- Michelle. Michelle from yeah. um, Gilmore Girls, you know. Of course, yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't a gender situation. It was him trying to rebrand Okay. And have a more okay. fancy name. Okay. To work well, at a hotel. As long as I'm not, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm happy not. with that. It's okay. Um, what do you think of this career choice for, for me? Well, Michelle? I mean, he seems to have taken it like a duck to water. Mm. He puts together this vision board mm. on an easel that I wonder where he has stored because last we saw he was squatting in one of the empty rooms at Eclipse Apartments. <laughs> so where's he getting an easel? You know what? Joel, Mick, Michelle, pretty privilege. Pretty privilege. <laughs> Actually, as I was saying it, do you know where I think he has taken it from? Where? I don't think the Hives had a new owner. Oh, do you think he's up in that loft? Yeah, like Ned's just left all his crap there. Yeah. Oh, that's It's Ned's easel. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's up in that loft. He's probably inviting a new person back every <laughs> night. Having the time of yeah. his life up there. So the concept is on a night like this, little sh- Kylie shout out. Mm-hmm. He's paper mache, not paper mache, decoupaged. A little uh, a vision of what he sees, and look, they all the Cannings all want to fire him because he's a loose unit. But then Roxy claps eyes on this vision board, and she's like, "Actually, this seems awesome and fun. Let's do it." Yeah, and like thinking back to that crab outfit he had <laughs> at the party, like who who is able to find that? No, yeah, yeah, an event planner, and it was it was on brand, yeah, for the situation. Yep. And it was. It was totally on brand. Mm. And so Roxy decides to keep him as a wedding planner. And we know that an event is likely going to be the cause of the death. Mm. And, and actually it's coming up in – so the timeline of Neighbours is two weeks. Yeah. Because obviously Kyle's been um, going through chemo for testicular cancer mm-hmm. and they want to get this done. And Roxy has struck while the iron is hot and all systems are go. But – few snags so she's trying to put together her bridal party and this heartbreaking broke my heart 
this lovely gal just looks after everyone else and when she needs a little bit of looking after, where is everybody? Not Nowhere. not there. Not there. I mean, Tarage will give her a pass. Tarage broke my heart too because Mackenzie said, Roxy, look, just you just got to ask people. Just ask them the question. If they will be in your bridal party, off you go. She asks Therese. Therese says, I'm not good enough for you. It's devastating. And like Roxy said, I'm, gonna, I, I'm just going to ask you once. Like you can say no if you want. I don't want to put pressure on you, but do you want to do it? And she just goes, no. See, the thing is, is that I just think Therese needs to keep busy. I don't think Therese is – and I'm not discounting like alcoholism as a real issue, but I don't think idle time is the best for her. And she said that. She said typically – well, that's what, when she was playing cards, she likes to keep her hands busy. And she says, I like to usually do work, but I'm not at work at the moment. So this would have been a great distraction. Yeah, and I think it's reasonable for her to be given time off. But I think she needs to go to like a promises clinic or something. Imagine mm. that. I mean, it sounds wonderful. Yeah. Like imagine – no, but imagine if we got to like – instead of like going to Goodwood Prison. Yes. We went to like a fancy rehab. And like any other previous character could be there. Yeah. Oh, my God. They could all be there. And like Sonia could be there as a cameo, but like Eve could be there playing – Oh, my god! Like another um, oh, patient. Goosebumps. Goosebumps, yeah. yeah. So her name is like, you know, Tonya and she's <laughs> – Maybe not Tonya. <laughs> no, I like Tonya. Tonya Harding. And she is... Um, Tonya Softling. <laughs> <laughs> she's there going through her own demons and... Oh, no, no. She's the group counsellor. Yes. 100%. And it's in like Dalesford or something. Yeah. Un- it would be amazing. Mm. Like that That would be awesome. And then she'd miss this storm that's going to give everybody. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So, But I also imagine that with a wedding planner and a wedding that's two weeks away, the being in the bridal party is not like a big deal. Yeah. You think you're cobbling it together. But I think by the same token, you could then just ask your immediate mates. Like I could ask you, mm. do you want to be my maid of honour tomorrow? And you'd yeah. be like, yeah, let's and go, And I'd be mate. like, I don't have a dress, but. I'm like, I've got some. Do you want to borrow? Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Um, and Therese has a thousand dresses <laughs> upstairs. <laughs> And they got they like Uber Eats themselves those yellow dresses the other week for yes. for the policeman's ball. Yeah, so it's doable. Yeah. So that anyway, that was devastating. Then they go, well, you can better ask Harlow. Yeah. On paper, she's meant to be the, your mate. I'm <laughs> shaking my head. How guys. did that go down in the laundry? Harlow was just she was just talking about her own problems, which is all Glen Glen Glen, which is not even a it's a non problem. It's other people's problems. Yeah. Harlow. Yeah, and it's not even – it's not even – like, Therese is now her ex-step-grandmother. Mm. Like, remember how Therese brings up um, Doug all the time? My ex <laughs> – My ex-father-in-law. My ex-father-in-law. <laughs> this is, like, one step apart yeah. from that. And they're all adults and they're all dealing with their own. And it's not even – she's not even saying, you know, my ex-step-grandmother has a, had her a horrible week. She's just saying, hey, this annoying man is loitering with secrets. Yeah, and like okay, we don't even. She doesn't even know what his secrets are at this point. Mm. I'm tipping it so that he's not really a Robinson. No, it was something to do with he'd been to court, like he'd been sued for something. Oh, so he is really a Robinson. Yeah, because <laughs> there was a bit of the paper you could see a bit of the document. Yeah, I and it was like it, yeah. legal charges had been brought against him for whatever reason. Paul's been in prison like four <laughs> times. Like, why is this an issue? Yeah. We don't know what it is yet. We don't know what it is yet. Maybe yeah. he's the reason that. Something happened to Paul. Like maybe it was to do with millions going missing or something. Oh, you know what it could be? Remember that Julie Quinn woman? Yeah. Maybe he's like in with those people. Maybe he really killed Josh. Wow. Okay. 
a lot to think about there. Like, because you're so against the hotel, yeah. right? Mark my words, guys. Okay. Yeah. So, all right, we really need to get to one of the marquee events. So, what would that be? I just got giddy. Um, look, Harlow is. I think we need to... Um, she brushes her off. She doesn't even listen to her request. I was going to drop in a bit of Meredith Brooks as a sting, but we've got a sting for Harlow. There's the opinion of the entire staff that Harlow might be turning into a psychopath. And that boy needs therapy. Psychosomatic. And that boy needs therapy. Lying down on the couch. What does that mean? What I did love in this scene with Roxy is she comes in with a muffin into the laundry where Harlow is still wearing her olden days maid's outfit, French maid's outfit. I think she's just like... You rebrand, I don't care. I'll wear what I want. Yeah. This is in my cupboard. Actually, Amy's sheer shirt is actually not very practical no. to launder in. Not in this humid room. No. Hell no. What else happens in the laundry this week? Something else <gasps> happens in the laundry. Yes, thank you, CJ. Chloe, because Harlow's being a brat, mm. Chloe grabs. Oh, the, we also met this week Rebecca from Housekeeping, the yeah. one who started. Oh, well, was that Rebecca? All the protests. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I loved meeting her. She was. She's like, come and help me. There's a big mess in this other room. And I was in there for hours. Harlow's not allowed to cross the, cross the threshold. Oh, my God. And the look in her face, like, oh, I can't come in that room. Remember I'm how, in trouble. You remember how Rebecca, like, had the protest because Harlow gets treated differently and, like, other people would just get fired if mm, they broke yeah. into rooms, but Harlow's just not – doesn't have to do that work anymore? Yeah. Like, when my little brother was tiny, he had to go to the laundry if he did something bad and I'd – like, because I'm a sucker, I would just always go and try and break him out. I'm like, oh, what's wrong, Jeremy? What have you done? Mum's like, don't go in there. Like, <laughs> do not go in that room. <laughs> He's serving out his punishment. I'm like, okay. Does he do his own laundry now? Or? <laughs> yeah. But actually, by like by like six or seven, he was just taking himself off to the laundry. He'd like do something bad. He's like, all right, see you guys. I'm off to the laundry. <laughs> I'm having Jump, me time. Do you want me to put on some whites? <laughs> um, Chloe's rifling through the linens. Rebecca and Harlow have bungled up. Yeah. And so she knows that Harlow hasn't gone in the room. Mm. But she th- still thinks – so Glenn's reported something's gone missing, which is the engagement ring of Teresa's that he found in the beach. But he's pr- he pretends it's something else later in the week. Which is genius. Get it, is, in a second. it is genius. Um, but I'm unaware if, he, if he's told Chloe what is missing. No, he hasn't. He said it's really valuable and I need it back. Yeah, and – when Harlow asks what it is, um, Chloe says that's not important. And yeah, it's, not, it's none of your business, little lady. Yeah, but also I felt like it was like she kind of knew something was up. I don't know. I mean, Chloe? <sighs> yeah, well, I thought Chloe would put the pieces together, but she didn't. So she finds the engagement ring in the linens and takes it back to Therese and says, hey, guess what? I found the original ring. Yeah. Now, Therese lost that on a beach. Yeah. Conceivably in Queensland. Yeah. So it's it's quite a journey that mm. ring's been on, um, but what does everyone blame that on? Oh, even Chloe looks at Therese and says, "Are you sure you lost it on the beach? Yeah, you're drunk, Therese." <laughs> and Therese is like, "Gosh, I better take another few days off work." Poor thing. Like the one thing she knew to be true. Yeah. Like she can remember th- certain things, and they're gaslighting her for that. Yeah, a hundred percent. Now I can see it all. This is definitely to set up Therese more heartbreak. For with Glenn, yeah, that's fun. I like that story. Like, I like it's interesting story. But you watch. know whose arms she gets driven oh, into? Yeah, whatever. Your fave. As long as it keeps her employed on the show, I guess whatever yeah. will be will be. Because if if she's single, 
rattling around in there alone, Willis, Ooh. distantly connected to Roxy, you know. Yeah. But it's a tenuous connection. Harlow demands to know from Glenn what it was that he lost. And he goes, it was my sobriety coin. My yeah. F- five years sobriety coin. Quick thinking, Glenno. That was amazing work. And it does make me think that he is actually an alcoholic because Kate and I both speculated that this was all a lie. Yeah. Because you can go to AA. Like, I've been to AA. You can just go. Yeah, my friend, I wasn't sure if I should name her. She'd be fine. A friend of the pod um, who has struggled with eating disorders would often go to Everything's Anonymous. Like, one of those anonymous meetings. Oh, yeah. I've been to NA too. Yeah. (laughs) um, Because it's a lot of the same principles, you know. So, you can – it's like um, auditing at uni. You can just go. (laughs) Yeah, 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 you can just go. There's a word for it. Yeah. But yeah, and you can go if you like love an alcoholic, for instance, mm. and you like want to talk, which is not why I went, by the way, everyone. Um, you like to love an alcoholic. I did love, but it's not like my husband. Yeah. It's not that kind of love. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, it's interesting. But I think having that coin at that quick amount of notice seems like maybe it's real. And he did take, well, he did take himself off there. Like when Harlow followed him, he had no business. Like that's that's a lot of lengths to go to to keep up a pretense. Yeah. Just frequently every week going to the meetings. Yeah, and he seems quite at ease with where he's at. Like, mm. you know, when Paul's like, oh, can I help you about your alcoholism? And he's like, no, like, this has been, mm. I do AA and, yeah. like, that's that then. I'd like to believe that that's the truth. Yeah. But but I think we're going to find out bad things about him. The other person, oh, okay, let's rhyme this up because of reasons. Um, Roxy takes her little muffin. Harlow is ignoring her. Roxy's like, I'm not even going to ask you to be my bridesmaid. Picks up the muffin and walks out of the laundry. Mm-hmm. She's upset and Mackenzie's doing all this problem solving for her. She's like, I don't have a cake baker. She's like, Hendrix can make the cake. And then Roxy's the penny drops and she goes, Mackenzie, you are a good and pure soul. Please be my bridesmaid. Which is lovely. But also I feel like if Kate was here, she might give her the saddest bee for she, this situation. She would. And so did my partner KB. He's like, oh, congratulations. You're my third choice. Yeah. And in, if it were anyone else, I would have that reaction too. But beautiful, wonderful, selfless Mackenzie just went, oh, this is so great. I get to be part of your wedding. I would love to do that for you. It was just she was so genuinely overjoyed for that opportunity and to be part of it that yeah. she didn't. she did not think for a moment that she was a stand-in. No, she was standing in. Yeah. Instead of a stand-in, right? Like she was like, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be there for you. She was outstanding, is what she was. Okay, there you go. And Susan's got herself as a gig as the celebrant. Of course, She's, of course. Business as usual for someone else. I, I feel like Mick wouldn't have picked Susan. But I feel like that was one of the only things they'd locked in before Mick jumped on board. Yeah. Otherwise, he would have gone over to get Paul Paul's details for the Elvis that they used in Queensland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> hey, Daddy. Um. Now, we had another familiar face this week, Gemma. We'll talk more with Gemma. We'll talk more with Kate next week about Gemma, I feel. Mm-hmm. But original actress. Yeah, Beth Buchanan. Yep. And she has a connection to Glenn because mm. Broxy brings her to the Willis house. She's like, oh, hi, Glenn. Uh, we used to go out. <laughs> we did. Uh, hey, ex-boyfriend who's suddenly sitting in my – what's Therese to her again? Okay, my, my... Oh, whatever. It's her daughter's house. My ex-in-law, ex-sister-in-law's... Slash my daughter's house. Yeah. So, look, there's going to be some tension around that, but um, Roxy's really 
relieved to see her mum. She's like, you're great. You're going to help me with the wedding. Everything's chaotic. Boyfriend's sick. And dad's not coming. Coyle moved me when he's like, you know, she started giving them, hassling them about house deposits, which rang really true for me. I'm like, yes, of course, someone has cancer and you're bringing up house deposits. Mm. Thanks very much, boomers. But she then takes Roxy aside and she's like, I'm not actually here to help with your wedding. I'm here to stop it. So, Thanks, uh, cool, you could have just texted me that instead of coming down from the Northern Territory. And I'm wondering, because, you know, parents at a distance only hear one side of the story, right? Yes. Like, what's Roxy been saying? Even my mum sometimes, and I talk to her nearly daily, will sometimes look at one, something I've posted online and yeah. just ring me up and go, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm just trying to be dramatic to get this point across, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got a podcast. It's about neighbours. <laughs> You know, I um, met someone this week who is a doctor and her and her husband met when they were at university and they both were extras on Neighbours. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, that's how I became really good mates with Hunter. Yeah. I, I reckon it would be about the same time. And I bet they were not – God, how do I describe – I've lost all my safe words. And I bet they weren't the certain breed of extra that you don't want to sit next to. On a set, you know. I bet they were the ones that just were really easygoing. Yeah, I'm sure they are. They are a, now. Had a great least, time. Yeah. Speaking of easygoing, <laughs> we need to wind it back to the start of the week where we had some experiences. Yeah. So, the very beginning of the week, Teresa's on the balcony. Mm. and I didn't think you were going that far back, but okay. Oh, well, I just need a point to prove. So, mm-hmm. things are okay with the trio. Right? The polyamorous trio. Yes. But Levi and Amy are at Christmas together. Yeah, at Frankston. Yeah. And they hear Troubles Brewing down in Aaronsboro. Trace is on a balcony. Mm-hmm. She's off the wagon and on the balcony. Mm-hmm. So they get some Christmas dinner together and bring it home. Because Ned took that free trip to Cairns that he won at the policeman's ball. So he was – I remember him saying, hey – Therese, I'm going to be late because I'm coming back in from Cairns. Right. So I'll see you after I my flight lands and right. I'll see you later in the day on Christmas. And she's like, I'll see you when I land. <laughs> <laughs> so Levi and Amy quite sweetly said, well, look, he'll be in the air. He's not going to know what's happening. We better go and make sure everyone's looked after. Yeah, it was – Really considerate, and I know that there's more to come, but it was really considerate of Levi to sort of stand away from his day and realise that Ned needed Amy's support. But also, Frankston Christmas sounds hella annoying. So And hectic. Little yeah. self-serving of them both. So they get their keto snacks and they hit the road. <laughs> and um, so Amy is waiting for Ned when he gets to house and she says I have something to tell you and she does it in a way like Therese is dead right which is like but she's really good at delivering like that crap news Mm. and Ned's like oh so she's alive but like I'm upset that she's drinking again and I don't know how to deal with it and I don't know how to support her and they go to the pub to like talk about that yeah Yeah. okay maybe go to the cafe maybe go to Therese and ask her that question yes and then after he does Saves, you know, shows a bit of face with his aunt. He, they go back to Amy's apartment and mm-hmm. have Christmas dinner. 
Which was adorable. Yeah, and all together and they're having a good time. They're having some drinks. And remember at this point, Ned has opted out. No, sorry. Ned had opted out of the thruple. Yeah. But in and amongst flying back in on Christmas Day, finding out his housemate has taken a turn yeah. and getting his bearings, he's decided, look, life's too short. I still want to be with you, Amy, and I'll, I'll take your Levi baggage as well. Yeah. So let's get back in there. So they're all happy and Amy's very happy with her life. And everybody is trashed. Yep. And Levi says, up for another round. (gasps) Yes, and she has muscle memory back too. Does she? (laughs) (laughs) It was very... (laughs) Yeah, it it was a bit like... Ask me about my crush so I can talk about them. Like, yeah. that reminds me of this thing they said. Yeah, it was – she was looking for that moment. Yeah. She said, hey, you said that in a dream. Yeah, and you can't say that. Like, you could say that to anyone in your life but your partner because everyone else doesn't want to know what happened in your dream mm. because they're like, nah. Look, keep that to yourself. Yeah. Um, I don't want to know about it, your sex it, dream. It's, it's either going to be dull or disturbing. Yeah. yeah. No middle ground. No. Um. But both of her partners are there. I kind of feel like it would have been a bit saucier if she told one of them without the other one there. Ooh, yeah, and then she tried to get that one to convince them. Yeah. <laughs> That's anyway. awesome. I think there would have been a lot of saucy. So, to, to remind everyone, Amy dreamt of a threesome with the two guys and it was holy moly smoking hot. Yes, and it wasn't like a real threesome. It was kind of like their poly relationship. It was only about Amy. Which well, is fine. It's her dream, right? I mean, yeah, it's still a threesome. It's just, it's just. I mean, it is, but there's no, there's no crossing of swords. <laughs> yeah, that's what we wanted. We wanted a bit of that bizzo. Yeah, because otherwise, whatever. Like, otherwise, they're just she's just having sex with two people at once, right? Yeah. I'm still look. Hey, <laughs> let's not downplay this. This is a landmark. I. It's neighbors thirty on, but it is on Peach, which is a bum channel. <laughs> neighbors history. Remember how saucy it was when. Um, Naomi wanted to get in on, on the action with um, Chloe and Pierce. Yeah. And I mean, was, Chloe and billionaire, it, it does seem like a good option, doesn't it? Like, we were scandalised just that they were talking about it. And now... Yeah. But but um, that situation, Naomi, they fumbled over their words. They had to drink. And, like, there was none of that. They weren't sure about if they should eat first or not. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, oh, I might get gassy. <laughs> um, straight... So... Amy describes a scenario to them. And look, to be fair, they did. there was a bit of back and forth. Like it was brought up a couple of times and then left. And then Amy was like, oh, it just maybe you seemed fun. Okay. But she got up and left the room knowing that they would talk about of it. Of course. <laughs> she, she's done this before. Yeah. She, look, she doesn't. She didn't come down in the last shower. No. All right? No. So to speak. No. Queensland has got some things going on there. Also, remember when the um, threesome on Friends that didn't happen? Like the first episode or the second episode when Ross and his wife. She wanted to invite another lady into the bed. Yeah. And ended up realising that she didn't want any other men in the bed. Yeah. So I'm wondering whether that's happened with one of Amy's husbands. Well, they said to her, aren't you worried about Yeah, Yeah. This? Because this is like being like something. Because remember she was upset when they were getting along yes. at the beginning, right? Um, anyway, so she leaves the room and the boys look at each other and go, all right, so what are like the, what are the rules yeah. on this? Because like. They just want it cleared up that neither of them are into the other one sexually. Which, okay, guys, we would like Ned Willett's bisexual king, so give us, throw us a bone. 
Hmm. I don't think you needed to shut it down that fast. You're modern men. Yeah, both both beautiful. Like, even if you're not, like, super into men, like, I'm sure that they can both appreciate what they're looking at. I would have liked them to approach it more like, I don't want to go there with a mate. Like, if Ned had said, look, you are, no shade, like, if it was, (laughs) you know, if this was um, a Contiki tour (laughs) and we were all strangers, then sure. Yeah. But you're my mate. I don't need to do these sorts of things with you. Yeah, like, I know your coffee order. Yeah, beautiful. So, it was mentioned online to... Possible, because Ned brings up that he's had a threesome. A moment for Ned Willis mm-hmm. and his threesome mm-hmm. from the past that just came and went in that conversation without any fanfare. Have you ever had a threesome in real life? No. Have you guys? Once. <clears throat> Two women. Oh. Mm. And then no one had any further questions, Your Honour. Very experienced. <laughs> uh, point of order, please yeah. tell me the whole story, Ned Willis. So I saw, firstly, you sent me one where somebody had posted the photo of the three of us. Oh, my God, hilarious. It was a tweet, right? Oh, it was a tweet. F- yes, God, I've forgotten now. Go to Neighbours Pod on Twitter and it'll be my likes. Um, the f- <laughs> When we interviewed Ben Hall and CJ and I both wore pink. And he was between us. <laughs> In a way, like you would be. Like, like you, Amy was. Like if you were going to pose for a photo straight after or before. Yeah. Good grief. And then someone else said, I've been in a threesome with some pieces of hair. <laughs> yeah, because he kept a lock of hair, which in my head canon was from a beloved golden retriever. <laughs> Not unlike the one we just saw at the park before. But from someone else on the council suggested it could have been um, both versions of Lauren. Like oh, old, like old Lauren and new Lauren. That's a good idea. Anyway, so maybe one day we'll find out what that is. That happened. I mean, at least in a webisode. When I found out that... Maybe you could find it on um, YouPorn. <laughs> what am I typing in? Um, when I was finding out that Bechdahl had COVID and I was wishing her well, I accidentally said, do you Ned anything? <laughs> <laughs> And she said, yeah, a Ned, please. <laughs> Send one over. And I'll so, infect him. Yes, we do Ned something. We would like, we would like, we would Ned the rest of that story, please. <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, so. So Ned lets the room know that he's experienced in these things. Yeah, but not enough to tell them rules and suggestions and feedback and ideas. <laughs> no, no, they're not, they're not stopping to read a BuzzFeed article of how to have a successful threesome. <laughs> but, um. The boys quickly define that neither of them want to cross swords mm. and that it's going to be all about Amy and they both just want it to be all about Amy, mm. which I'm, I'm hoping that it's all about, you know, them too. I mean, I'm sure they would have had some pleasure. Yeah, I hope, I hope so. I mean, I'm just trying to figure out. Some, it just yep, seems like just one too many dicks, really. <laughs> 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 well, I think one one's probably out of the way. Maybe like maybe yeah. she can hold on to one and yeah, but I mean I think some people <laughs> might say spit roast. Look, I'm Greek and I don't don't tarnish. <laughs> you don't need that. You don't need that. Don't Next tarnish you- Easter lunch for me, please. <laughs> we'll um, just think of Ned next time. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So anyway, so they jump into bed. Yada yada yada. Next morning, yeah, we didn't we didn't get enough scenes. No, the dream was hotter. They woke up, and I thought, oh, I'm waiting for the moment where one of them says, oh, did we? Oh, did we? Oh, oh, oh. And then it was just we had too much to drink, and we all crashed. Yeah, which is what Amy tells to her. Daughter. Daughter. Who arrives. What's her name again? Zara. Zara. Zaza, as Amy calls her. Oh, I like it. I love it, but it would be confusing because she's also got an Elijah. So if she's going Zaza, what is she? Maybe Elijah thinks she. Anyway, that's a logistic yeah. they can deal with on their own terms. Um, it doesn't seem like they're all in the one place that often, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so she's come, no return ticket. Dad doesn't really care when she comes home. Amy's only got one bedroom. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe she's going to die. I hope not. She's got no return ticket. Dad doesn't care about when she's home. We don't even know. Like, do we know how old she is? I don't know. 16, she okay. tells us. So she's going to go Ned to Aaron's no, Ned knows how old she is. I bet of course he does. She, of course he does. I bet he does. It's yeah. a new schoolgirl for him. <laughs> um, it's a pity he's going out with her mother. I mean, Amy went out with Ned's ex-girlfriend's father. So see, I broke her. A broken CJ. She did. She, he, <laughs> CJ. He did. He did. He did do that. CJ just like and she did. The little mind robots just had to go and find. I was like, fine. <laughs> they, had to, shit, they had to find the file <laughs> and read it out. Oh, that's right. That's the schoolgirl. Yeah, yeah. So she walks in on it, and it seems like Zara is, you know, she knows what's going on. But she's a classic petulant teen. Yeah. Which, I mean, we've seen it a thousand times before, but in mm. this case, it's quite valid because she did burn down a pub in Cairns. Yeah, but like, so I mean, like, it's good to back that up with personality that matches that. Yeah, that's true. She's not like you know, I'm just trying to think of like some of the like Callum friends and stuff like that. Yeah, like she's Josie Lamb. Like, yeah, it's not <laughs> Josie Lamb burning things down. Which you're right. So she's there, and basically, Amy has had the night of her life, <laughs> and she puts it on pause. She doesn't get to. She doesn't give us much feedback. So we have a lot of. Sessions in the pub the next day with Levi and Ned share a lot of fluids together the next day. Mm. Coffees, beers, like all day. They're yeah. like, well, let's debrief this. Let's stay mates. Let's do what Amy needs. We've got to support her kids. Like, you know. Yeah. God, like, I don't care. How, even – and it was a bit of an awkward threesome, it seems – like, not an awkward one, but, like, they're not in any hurry to repeat it. Uh, look, I think they would have done better if they'd been able to have breakfast together. Yeah. And if they maybe if they didn't do it after Christmas dinner and... Yeah, all uh, of that gravy. And booze. It would have been keto gravy, though. <laughs> but no I just flour. think even if you had a threesome that went spectacularly, I can't imagine still wanting to have three outings with the person the next day. No, somebody needs to leave in the morning. But just don't don't schedule any brunches till a few days later yeah 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 so the boys decide like we're not going to do that again like it was good it's good that they decided for amy yeah i mean to be fair like they're allowed to have agency in their own yeah sex life so they've decided not to um and amy comes in she just needs to put their polygamy polygamy no polyamory polyamory um yeah because they're not married i think Mm. that would be married yeah on hold. Mm. And, you know, they did the same thing when Levi's mum was around. Yeah, it's just the other generation. She doesn't want to scandalise her daughter, which I think doesn't fly with me for Amy's personality. I think she would have taken that as a moment to say to her daughter, I'm an empowered, sexualized woman in her prime. Uh, I can see whoever I want. Um, 
and isn't this great for women, womankind? I think you're probably right, but I think that Amy probably has a problematic dynamic with her kids um, and yep. she probably gets parented by them. Mm. And and also just abandons them. <laughs> yeah. So I imagine – and if she had had the ability or the foresight to tell her before she walked in on them in the bedroom, mm. I think that would have been a lot better. But she was like caught out. Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting as well – Amy does have like flair and confidence wherever she goes, but not with her kid. Mm. And one of her passions is fashion, as she calls it. And she and her daughter have conflicting senses of style. Mm. And Zara like calls her out and and she buys her a present. She's like, I hope it's not one of your flowery puffy dresses, puffy no. sleeve dresses. No, she says, um, what do you think's in there? And she goes, let me guess, is it too short with puffy sleeves? Yeah, yeah it's awesome. Perfect reflection on every single one of those neighbours gals and because Harlow used to have her own style and then they just homogenised her with all the other women on the show. Yeah, they did. She got the wardrobe keys, that girl. <laughs> okay, so we'll pick all that up. Like Amy's having a crisis. So by the end of the week she tells her daughter though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I guess they're moving into a new era but Zara's going to be around that apartment. It's no longer going to be saucy fun apartment. No, and she's on the couch Mm. And she's not happy about it, which I think is uh, an understandable reaction from a teenager. Mm. Um, I guess she's going to have to move into Carl and Susan's house. <laughs> they've got, a, yeah, they've got, they've got a, an opening. Yeah, but yeah, there must be some bigger apartment in the Eclipse apartment, so maybe Amy can move. She's a minimalist, so it won't take long. Remember? No. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she's a minimalist. She doesn't have. She only has one bed for her boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're back. New year. Shooters and citizens, CJ. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to go with my citizen for Paul Robinson yep. for saving Therese. I'm gonna, Physically. Yeah, I, Catherine Jones, I'm going to go for citizen of the week, Paul Robinson, <laughs> for finally evolving emotionally to the point where we needed him to acknowledge his own contribution to a problematic scenario, his own failings and listening and learning from the people around him and just looking for someone for a sensitive conversation, just all of that in spades what I wanted from him for ages now. Yeah. I, we love Down and Out Paul. He's, he's three episodes from volunteering down at the nursery. <laughs> and, yeah, Tony could use it. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, I will catch up with Kate next week somewhere in and around town. Probably her back deck, back patio. CJ, keep well, please. I, I'm going to try my best. I will try my best too. Uh, if anyone knows where to get any rapid antigen tests in and around Melbourne, send us your hot tips because everyone's coming up dry. Yeah, send it direct DM though to make sure we get it straight yeah, don't, away. No, don't post it in the public council. Every person for themselves. Keep safe. Take care. Thanks for listening.